Turn in your Bibles to Acts 24, verses 22 through 27. Our current uh, cultural moment differs quite a bit from uh, the culture that I experienced as a child and into my youth. I would say that in terms of uh, American civilization from Jamestown in 1607 uh, to 1967, or, or, or really till 2007, uh, the, the, our understanding and our civilization of uh, such matters as morality, marriage, and family uh, were those of the Christian religion. Uh, with the Obergefell decision in 2015 and then the Bostock decision of 2020 of our Supreme Court, you, we, re we really had the signal of the dislodgement of Christianity as the source of moral norms uh, throughout our civilization. And uh, the signs of the newly minted pagan norms are visible everywhere, obscenity, vulgarity, pornography. Ironically, the brave new world that we are living in right now resembles the civilization of the first century, uh, where all manner of moral license uh, was characteristic. And so uh, divorce, adultery, uh, fornication, sodomy, infanticide, uh, these were all commonplace in, in the ancient world. Marriage was avoided, birth rates were plunging, and the two, the two characters in, in our passage this morning, Felix and Drusella, in that sense represent the uh, the mores of the, of the Greco-Roman world of that time. So it's of no little interest that we want to see what the Apostle Paul has to say uh, to someone who very much uh, uh, imbibes of, of, the, of the norms of that time. Well, the Apostle Paul tiptoe around their moral conduct, their illicit behavior, and, and declare it to be such, or will he address the moral issues head on? So let's remind ourselves of the, the context. In, in verses 5 and 6, the Apostle Paul had been accused of, of uh, stirring up uh, uh, riots and uh, was a ringleader of a, of a cult, of a sect of the, of the Nazarenes. And in verses 10 through 21, he denied all the charges emphatically. Uh, so when we come to verse 22... What we find there is that uh, Felix is, is somewhat sympathetic. He found Paul to be uh, relatively convincing. So he's somewhat sympathetic toward the apostle, having a rather uh, accurate knowledge of the way. He understands what's going on. He put them off, that is, put off his, uh, his Jewish accusers. But at the same time, uh, realizing the, the apostle Paul is innocent, he wants to avoid offending the, the, the leadership of the Jewish community, lest they turn their fury, their rage, on him. So he then said, when, when Lysias, the tribune, comes down, I will decide your case. Now, the problem there is that he never does summons Lysias to come down from Jerusalem, down the heights of Jerusalem, north uh, to Caesarea, where the Apostle Paul uh, has been standing trial. Verse 23, then he gave orders to the centurion that he should be kept in custody and, and have some liberty and that none of his friends should be prevented from attending to his needs 
Uh, the fact that it was a centurion, a, a rel relatively high officer that is put in charge, again shows the Felix is uh, impressed with the Apostle Paul and, and uh, puts uh, uh, an important person in charge and, and is relatively lenient. He's in a pr something like uh, protective custody. He, he kept in custody and have some liberty. His friends, his family members uh, can come and, and bring him some of the, the comforts of home, bring him food and, and so forth, prison food, then surely being what prison food uh, is, is uh, even still today. And yet, uh, the apostle is going to be detained, we know that from verse 27, for another two years in prison. Why? Because, he, uh, because the, uh, Felix, the governor, wants to avoid uh, the rage of the leadership of the Jewish uh, community. Verse 24, after some days, Felix came with his wife, Drusilla, who was Jew Jewish, and he sent for Paul and heard him speak about faith in Christ Jesus. See, there's something is unsettled for Felix in connection with the Apostle Paul. Uh, what's he doing sending for Paul? Well, there's something about the Apostle Paul he can't ignore. He needs to hear more of what uh, this, uh, this man has to say. Felix is one of the great ones of the earth. Here he is, this governor, this Roman official, and he sends for this, this prisoner. And he even brings his wife along. Again, an another indication of the importance that he's attaching to Paul and, and the way that he's been affected by what the apostle has had to say. So he brings Drusilla, uh, for you historians, he, she is the daughter of Herod Agrippa I, whom he encountered in Acts chapter 12, and who died, whose de death, terrible death is recorded there, and the sister of King Agrippa, who we're going to encounter in Acts chapter 25. Both uh, Felix and Drusilla had been previously married and divorced uh, their spouses and then married each other. Their relationship, uh, the commentators from antiquity to, to the present uh, say their relationship was based upon greed and lust. And Drusilla at this moment is, is still not yet 20 years of age and was renowned for her beauty. So this is an opportunity for the Apostle Paul. He can court the favor of the powerful. If he says the right things, he might be released from prison. If he flatters Felix and Drusilla, if he, uh, in, a, in, a, in a careful way, discredits his accusers, um, he, he might be uh, able to win his release if he, if he handles the situation right. Or, or if he, want, if he feels obligated to present the gospel, he could emphasize entirely the positive side of the gospel. Talk about the love of God. Talk about forgiveness and acceptance and grace and inclusion and avoid of offending them. And perhaps if he only talks about the positives of the gospel, he, he might be able to secure two trophy converts, Felix and his wife, the governor. But what we see here is that Paul will not stoop to any kind of self-serving strategy. He shows himself to be no respecter of persons. He speaks to them directly. He speaks to them without regard to his own safety. What does he speak about? Faith in Christ Jesus, verse 25, and he reasoned about righteousness, self-control, and the coming judgment, so that Felix was what? He was alarmed. So let's look at his message. 
Given the audience, there's no question about what the Apostle Paul is doing here. He is, the Apostle is not content to give a biblical lecture. Give, 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 give the two of them some instruction from the Bible. He's not content uh, to tell some inspiring Bible stories. Uh, he, he's not even uh, content to just impart some religious information. What he does is the apostle goes after the conscience. He goes after conviction. He wants to see change come about. He's very direct and specific, targeting their moral failure. This is, the, this is the apostolic strategy. We see it throughout. For example, the apostle Paul, speaking about his own ministry, says in 2 Corinthians 4.2 that we have renounced disgraceful and underhanded ways of what? Of, of, of presenting the gospel. We refuse to practice cunning or to tamper with God's word. We're not going to dress it up and we're not going to tone it down. We're not going to tamper with it. We're not going to alter it or change it. Uh, we're, not, we're not going to uh, use only the things with which our audience will, will, will agree and be pleased to hear. But by the open statement of the truth, we would commend ourselves to everyone's conscience in the sight of God. Open statement, direct, open, clear statement of the truth, undiluted, untampered with, appealing to the conscience, seeking to convince the conscience of those who are his audience. So the Apostle Paul is aiming, aiming to convince uh, Felix and Drusella, that they have a problem of sin, that they are spiritually lost, that God is holy, uh, that he is our judge, and that Jesus Christ is able to save us from sin and judgment. And he calls them to faith and repentance and, and, and surrender to the lordship of Christ, as opposed to a, a more indirect method, a more circuitous, uh, what we might say a more winsome kind of method, no, the, the, the end, the end of uh, the Apostle Paul's message is Felix is alarmed. He's not just interested. He's, he's, he's not merely intrigued by what the Apostle Paul has had to say. He's not inspired by it. He's certainly not comforted by it. He's alarmed by what he hears. And I would maintain that wherever the gospel is truly preached, there will be those who will be alarmed when we begin to talk about salvation from what? Uh, salvation from God, salvation from, uh, from sin, salvation from the judgment that is coming, salvation from the wrath of God that is certain upon sin. Yes, they'll be alarmed by that, even as others will be comforted to know that there is forgiveness and reconciliation with God and a gift of eternal life for those who believe. So let, let's unfold what uh, the apostle preaches to Felix and Drusilla. Number, number one, in terms of his message, uh, number one, faith. Uh, look again at verse 25. As he reasoned. This is the fifth time in Acts. That's the word that is used for the manner of the apostles' presentation. He is seeking to persuade them, to convince them of the things of which he speaks, to, to, to convict them of the, of, the, of the reality of that which he speaks. That this is true, that this is ultimate truth, that this is something they must deal with. He's seeking to persuade them. He's like a lawyer arguing his case so that they might be convinced of the realities of which he speaks. So he reasons so as to persuade. Uh, about what? 
Well, about faith in Jesus Christ. So in other words, he presents Christ. He presents uh, the ministry of Christ. He, he presents the life of Christ. He presents the death of Christ. He presents the resurrection of Christ. He preaches Christ crucified and everything in connection with that. And, and, and as he does, he, he calls him to repentance and faith. He pre 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 preaches faith as, as opposed to works and would no doubt have addressed the problem of the futility of works. He no doubt would have spoke of, of faith as a gift of God and called and called faith, uh, Felix and Drusilla to put their faith, to put their trust, to put their confidence in Christ Jesus as the Savior and to receive him as Lord. That's where the gospel begins. But he goes on. And as he reasoned about righteousness, uh, that is because it is then connected, righteousness and self-control. I think that righteousness, most of the commentators agree about this, by the way, because it's joined with self-control, here is, is used in the sense of the need of righteousness. Not, not now, at, at this point, the imputed righteousness of Christ, but the need of holiness, the, the, the message that God is, is righteous and that he demands righteousness of us. So Jesus, in the Sermon on the Mount, said that we are to be perfect as our Father in heaven is perfect. Uh, the, the Apostle Paul tells the Galatians if, uh, that cursed is everyone who does not abide by all things written in the law to, to perform them. That's the standard. That's where the bar is set. It's, it's perfect obedience. Uh, James 2.10, if you keep the whole law and you stumble at, at one point, you are guilty of all. And so the Apostle Paul is speaking to them about the need of righteousness and their unrighteousness. So what is, what is our record our problem. There's our sins of thought and word and deed, of evil done, of good left undone. And we're all guilty, whether we're rich or poor, or young or old, or whatever our ethnicity or nationality. Romans 3.23, all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. You know, when the Apostle Paul builds that case for the universal problem of human depravity and sin and rebellion and the inevitability of God's judgment, he goes from the problem of pagan unrighteousness to the people who have the Bible, Jewish unrighteousness. And he culminates the argument in, in chapter 3, verse 19 of Romans, with every mouth shut. Every mouth is to be closed. Uh, closed uh, to what? Uh, closed to explanations. Uh, closed to explanations for, for what I, why I've done. Closed to excuses. So that we're no longer opening our mouths and, and, and trying to, to, to um, claim exceptions to the rule and, and excuses for why we behave as we do, why we think as we think and speak as we speak and do what we do. The mouth is closed. No more excuses. No more explanations. All have sinned. All have need of a Savior. And so he's speaking of them, of the need of, of righteousness and, and uh, the the futility of any kind of false claims of our own goodness or righteousness. So faith, righteousness, thirdly, uh, continuing in verse 25, self-control. Apostle Paul's not content with generalizations. He got specific. And again, the commentators note that this is one couple that needed to hear 
the message of self-control. Why? Because of their moral failures. Felix already at this point in his life had divorced two wives and married a third. The marriage taking place primarily driven by his lust. He was notorious for outbursts of anger. He was a particularly brutal ruler and eventually will be recalled because of his brutality. His, his outbursts of rage and the result uh, for his subjects. Drusilla had been married to an older man and she was unhappy in her marriage, but she was married and she knows the Bible rules, but she divorced him and uh, married Felix, divorced her husband, married Felix, who is a Gentile, by the way, against contrary to the rules of Judaism, both of them driven by their lust, driven by their passion, driven by their need of pleasure and of excitement. And so the Apostle Paul is dealing with them at the point of their sin. I think that some people would say, well, that's moralistic preaching. Where is the gospel? What, what does that, any of that have to do with the gospel? The answer, I believe, that's correct is it has everything to do with the gospel. Because if they are to receive the forgiveness of sins, it's going to be necessary for them to repent, to repent of their lifestyle, to repent of their way of life, to, 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 to repent of the, the foundation of the decisions that they make as they are driven by their lusts and by their angers and by their rage. They are out of control, as it were. And the Apostle Paul is going to do the same thing again in Acts chapter 26 in, in, in connection with uh, Agrippa and Bernice, who, who likewise, they, in that case, an incestuous relationship, which he confronts there. So what the Apostle Paul is doing in this sex-crazed Greco-Roman world is he is confronting the characteristic sin as is evidenced in the life of Felix and Drusilla. The fornication that was so widespread, the adultery that was so widespread, the easy divorce, the infanticide, the abortion, the, 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 the sodomy, the pedophilia, all of that rampant in, in, in the, the ancient world. Even it is increasingly rape, rampant in ours as well as our lack of self-control when it comes to our wagging tongues, our outbursts of anger, our, 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 our gluttony when it comes to eating, our drunkenness when it comes to drinking, our failure to control our passions and our appetites. And this is the kind of thing that the Apostle Paul is, 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 is dealing with as, as he calls them to repentance and to mercy, the mercy of God in Christ. He speaks to them about self-control. Isn't it extraordinary what he's doing? Here he is, the Apostle Paul in front of this powerful individual, and he boldly, even brazenly, goes after them with, with respect to their failure of self-control in the indulging of their passions and their appetites and their lusts. This is not moralistic preaching. This is the gospel, because the gospel calls us to repentance. And where there's no repentance, there's no salvation. And so, fourth... So we're looking under the message, it's faith in Jesus Christ, righteousness, self-control, and judgment. He just piles up the negativity, as it were. Now he's going to talk about judgment. Why? Because that's their prospect. They, they, they are not righteous. 
and they face the judgment of the unrighteous. They are in deep trouble. And the Apostle Paul sees it as a responsibility that they should face that reality in all of its finality. So he preaches them the facts of judgment, even though that might make them uncomfortable. He's, he's urging them in the language of 1 Thessalonians 1.10 to come to Jesus who delivers us from the wrath that is to come. That's the reality. You can't soft, soft pedal that. You can't explain that away and be faithful as, as, a, as a preacher of the Bible, of the scripture, of the gospel. You can't. It's part of the message. Repent from what? Sin. Be saved from what? Judgment and wrath. That's the message. And we, we compromise the message. We dilute the message. We adulterate the message. We lose the message when we fail to say these things. The Apostle Paul doesn't fail to say them. He says them boldly and directly to the man who has the power of life and death over him. He's faithful. In the words of the Apostle Peter, Acts 2.40, save yourselves from this perverse generation. What's characteristic of the generation? It's perverse. Save yourselves from it, from the inevitable judgment that's going to come upon it because of the holy God. All right, then, let's go on. We, we've looked at the context. We've looked at the message. And let's look at the responses. It's still in verse uh, 25. Felix was alarmed and said, go away for the present. When I get an opportunity, I will summons you. Okay, no, number one, where is Drusilla? Uh, well, the answer is, we don't hear from her again. Can we sur surmise some things about Drusilla? I think that we can guess that she was offended by what she heard. Uh, the things that the Apostle Paul said were very difficult to hear, and so she never returned. Now, Felix is going to go back again and again. Not Drusilla. She's, she's offended. It, it, it reminds us of, of uh, the, uh, John the Baptist preaching before Herod and Herodias. We're told in the Gospel accounts that Herod heard John gladly. Herodias asked for his head on a platter. She wasn't going to hear of it any further if she, if, if she could do anything about it. Uh, so it is Drusella. She represents the one who takes personal offense at the gospel. Our choices, the choices that we make in life, they over time become a lifestyle. And then in our day, that lifestyle then becomes an identity. It's no longer just behavior. It is who I am. And so any, any, any uh, disapproval of the behavior is seen not merely disapproval of uh, the way of life. It's the person himself or herself that is being attacked. And that's very hard for people to hear. There are so many who cannot reevaluate their lifestyle choices and the identity that they have embraced. They're so heavily invested in those choices that a wall just goes up. And apparently that's what happened with Drusilla. Uh, Felix is going to go back again and again. Drusilla will never go back. She, she put up her wall. She's going to hear no more of it. She will not listen again to that. She will not come under that condemning message again. She doesn't want to be lectured about self-control. She doesn't want to be hear, hear any more that bad news about judgment. She doesn't want to hear about the righteousness of God or her unrighteousness. It's all that negative stuff that she doesn't want to hear about anymore. And, and, and that's, just, that's just always been the case. It's, it's true in our day. It's true in our day more perhaps right now than it was 20 years ago or 30 years ago or 50 years ago. 
And you can understand it. Uh, because the, the, the message is a critical one. And God is the critic. And, 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 and his, his agents are the voice by which God speaks those criticism in his calls to repentance and calls to faith and, and submission to the Lordship of Christ. So Drusella represents the person that takes personal offense at the gospel, who doesn't like the negative side of it and doesn't want to hear any more of that. And so never again puts herself in the position, will she be exposed to all of that criticism and negativity? And so far as she embraces religion, she wants one that's going to be inspiring for her and uplifting for her and fill her with good cheer and send her out with a positive message. Okay, secondly, in terms of responses, so number one, there's the, per, the pers personal offense. Second response, conviction without conversion. Looking again at, at Felix, Felix was alarmed. He's frightened. At some level, he's convinced of what the Apostle Paul is saying. However, there is another fear and that's that greater fear of this. Where will this take me if it's true? What will I have to do? How will I have to change? What will this cost me if it's true? That's the greater fear. So he's convinced that at one level, but at another level, he can't face the, the, the repercussions, the consequences, if he embraces the message fully. This is going to take me places I don't want to go. And yet, verse 26, at the same time, he hoped that money would be given him by Paul, so he sent for him often and conversed with him. So you see, there's, there's a mixture of motives. On the one hand, he wants some bribery, some, some money to come from the friends of the Apostle Paul to, to spring him from jail. Um, so he sends for him office often, and what did he do? He conversed. He still continued the conversation. He continued the discussion. When you converse with the Apostle Paul, I don't think there's many options about what the conversation is going to be about. It's going to be about righteousness, self-control, judgment, faith in Jesus Christ. So he hears him, and he hears him, hears him uh, we are told, often. And this went on periodically over a period of years. Verse 27, two years had elapsed. I fear this is not uncommon. What, what we see here of, of Felix uh, is, 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 is commonplace. There are those, those who come close, as, as Felix does. Their consciences are pricked. Uh, something of the fear in he of hell begins to enter the, their, their, their souls. But then they begin to think, well, what will other people think? Uh, what, what, what will they think over at, at the club? What will they think, you know, over at the bowling alley? Whatever, whatever you know, whatever your social circle happens to be. What, what, are they, what are they going to think of me? They'll think I'm a religious fanatic. They'll think I've gotten way too serious about, about these things. They'll think I'm no fun anymore. They'll think I'm not available the way I used to be to do all the things that we, we used to do. I'm, I'm fearful of their bad opinion. They think I've lost my marbles or something. They think I'm, that I've completely become irrational. All this religion. What will other people think? What will this cost me? What will, where will this take me? What will I have to do? What will I lose in the process? And yet, Jesus said that when he said the Holy, sent the Holy Spirit, another comforter, 
that the Spirit would kick, convict the world, this is John 16, 8, of sin, righteousness, and judgment. Be open to the Holy Spirit because Jesus says the Holy Spirit, when you experience the Holy Spirit, you will experience a conviction of sin, righteousness, and judgment, almost the identical language that we see here of that which the Apostle Paul includes in his message or is thematic is the, the, the determining message of his message. Sin, righteousness, judgment, faith in Jesus Christ, righteousness, self-control, judgment. He won't hear of it, though. He, he, won't, he won't relent to the, the prickling of his conscience through the gospel, the Spirit applying it. So verse 27, when two years had elapsed, Felix was succeeded by, by Porcius, Festus, and desiring to do the Jews a favor, Felix left Paul in prison. The apostle does not reach, does not reach him. He moves on. And just like Drusilla, Drusilla who won't hear the message anymore, she loses her soul. Now, now Felix, he loses his soul. Because he's the preference for this world and the honors of this world and the pleasures of this world and the things of this world, uh, they, they, were more, they were more immediate, they were more convincing, they were more desirable. And so he's, he, 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 he leaves Paul in prison and he walks away from the message and, 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 and ultimately removes himself and is removed from exposure to any further any, any further of that message. So then the third response is repentance and faith. Uh, you say, well, you, I, I don't see that here. Well, the answer is that you don't see it here because it isn't here. There, there, there's no, neither Drusilla nor Felix respond as God would have us respond to the righteousness of God, to our moral failure as seen in our lack of self-control and of the judgment, that is, to repent and believe and receive Jesus Christ, receive him as Savior and Lord. Here's what the apostle says, 2 Corinthians 6, 2. Behold, now is the favorable time, Felix, you had your moment. That was the time. That was the moment. That was the day. Now is the favorable time. Now is the day of salvation. Don't, don't put that off. Don't delay. Often when you delay, it, it means a termination. It means uh, never again to return. You were alarmed. You were fearful. Let the fear of the Lord be the beginning of wisdom. Jesus said, fear not those who can kill the body but cannot kill the soul. In other words, don't fear any kind of worldly consequence. Don't let that drive you off. Fear him, he says. Fear God who can destroy soul and body in hell. So in many ways, this is a tragic message. Felix and Drusilla, they walk away from the gospel. All the more tragic in Felix's case because there was that measure of conviction in his conscience. He's alarmed. He wants to hear more. He continues the discussion. But in the end, he walks away. Don't walk away. Why do I say that? Because the gospel is true. It's true in everything that it says. It's true about God. It's true about us and our sin. 
It's true about Christ and his salvation. It's true about the path of eternal life, which is through faith in him. It's all true. It's reality. It is the ultimate reality, the final reality, the unchanging, immutable reality. Don't walk away from it. Don't, don't, don't close your mind to it because it's all uncomfortable and it's all this about sin and my lack of self-control and, and, and don't, 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 don't take offense of it like, like, like Drusilla and close your ears and don't walk away from it. But, but rather embrace uh, the gospel message because it's God's message to us. If we would know our maker, be reconciled to God, have our sins forgiven and know that we have eternal life. As we pray together, our Father in heaven, we grieve when we read of those who come close. And we pray, O oh Lord, that we might not be among those who come close, but in the end reject the gospel and walk away from it. O oh Lord, we pray that we would surrender to the gospel message surrender our souls to Jesus Christ for salvation and surrender to him as Lord. We pray in Jesus' name, amen.